0: Welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we've reached that time of year again. It's always one of my favourites to record. It's our end of year episode. Yeah, the end of 2022. It's gone so fast. It has. I'm saying this like we haven't got another episode left. But yes, it's usually the end of year episode. And we'll count it as the end of year episode. technically, we
1: are discussing
0: the the year as a whole. We're summarising the year. Yes. What What a year for films yes for films (laughs) this i'm gonna go on record saying this out of my 30 years of being alive this might be the best year for films
1: yes yeah
0: like this has been unbelievable so we should probably start the episode by saying for for anyone who's listened to our previous end of year episodes we would usually be doing the 10 best 10 worst of the year um, and I know a lot of you enjoy us bitching about other films, you know, we're called horror, called Trash Other, you know, like, I get it, I get it. This year, we haven't had enough bad films. No, we haven't. We haven't. So, it is going to be the 20 best horror films of the year, amongst many of our honourable mentions and awards. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it honestly gets to the point where...
1: We just haven't got enough to discuss the bad film. I mean, we don't want to force it. So uh... Yeah, and do you know what? It's 2022. It's been a rough year. You know, we've had 20 prime ministers. There's a cost of living crisis. People are having a shitter over a time. Yeah. Let's put some positivity. In. Let's exactly. give you 20 must-see horror films from 2022. And that's the idea. That's Let's idea. Get, some, get some
0: good karma out there, Gary. Yeah. And for all our returning listeners, uh, we would obviously like to start the episode by thanking you all for the support throughout the year because, I mean, again, you know, it, it's crazy. We, we've we gone from being two people at all, shall we start a podcast, releasing one episode on fucking Alien 2, uh, to being here with like nearly 8,000 listens and, and all that stuff, you know, just
1: your support every week, it means a lot to us. Yes, thank you very much for listening and not being horrible.
0: Yeah, and, and for those that have stuck around for the whole 231 episodes. Oh, thank God. You. Thank you. And for any... <laughs> I apologise. For anyone catching up, it's okay. You can skip the Crawl Attentions 2 episode. <gasps> Uh, and yes, for returning listeners and for new listeners, this episode will be completely spoiler free. So yeah. you don't need to skip anything. No. Carry on listening. No.
1: We, these, we're these recommending films. We want you to go out and watch them so we won't spoil them for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice.
0: before we get to our 20 films, we have our first of two awards rounds. Ooh, Because yeah, a lot's changed since the last... We, we've really enjoyed giving out awards. Yeah, since, and... since the last Best of the Year, we uh, we now have a new award section. So. Yeah, yeah. I but agree. this is the classic one that we usually give out every year, Uh, starting with...
1: Oh, my Christmas, God.
0: And now you can finally hear what we're going on about with that sound clip, <laughs> because we've been <laughs> quoting it for two years now, and you've finally heard it. Yeah, yeah. And that award, of course, goes to the biggest surprise of the year, starting with the horror genre, and for me... It's Terrifier Two. Chris hasn't seen it. So, no, wow. oh my Christmas God! Indeed.
2: Oh my Christmas God!
0: Yeah, Terrifier fucking hated it. Like I really despise that film. It just, it was just a display of practical effects with no plot uh, and a villain that was completely underused. Just by putting him in these random with these random women and just murdering. It's not a bit misogynistic. Let's just say that. Terrifier Two has a final girl. The effects are still there. Art the Clown is actually utilised as a villain properly this time. And it's just a genuinely good film. Uh, two and a half hours. I don't know how they managed to keep it entertaining for that long, but they did. Uh, and yeah, one thing I never thought I'd be saying, Terrifier 2 is my big surprise. And I'll, I'll actually absolutely be there for Terrifier 3.
1: Yeah, not gonna lie, I refused to watch Terrifier 2. Because I didn't enjoy Terrifier Everyone was saying, oh, I was two and a half hours. I said, well, Why would I waste two and a half hours? You wouldn't be wasting it. No, but you didn't know that. No, I, he- I didn't. Hence all my Christmas cards. Yeah. Um, So maybe that's one for me in the future when I've got a spare two and a half hours. Because um, everyone's telling me I need to watch it. When the third one comes out, we'll, you need to watch we'll it do then. a trilogy. Um, well, no, we would not be watching no. the first <laughs> I don't remember much from Terror good, good, to be fair. That away. My. Oh, my Christmas God. Was Smile. Yeah, smile. Yeah, um, genuinely quite shocked at how good that was. Yeah, really, that could have been mine. I enjoyed it. You yeah. know. it's you know not not groundbreaking masterpiece, but I thought it was gonna be shit. Yeah, that trailer did not do it justice. Yeah, also the trailer gave away one of the biggest jump scares, mm-hmm. which annoyed me but actually a really decent horror film yeah enjoyable it really Fun made it, time it made it look so basic that trailer it really did i thought oh my god i don't want to go see this and then it was getting good word of mouth and we were like oh i suppose we should watch it yeah i mean that the opening scene alone you know it
0: really um it's quite layered considering yeah. you know i mean the, the way it delves into mental health and everything if we you got a film with a premise like that there's a good chance there's going to be shitty mental health representation but no, it it's actually really fucking good. And yeah. you know, some great um,
1: there's,
0: there's some great metaphors in there for struggles and yeah, we did a great job.
1: Yeah, it's not part of our top twenty. No. Spoiler alert. But um I would I would say go watch yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. If it's like your kind of thing. If yeah. you listen to this, you've probably already seen it. Yeah, but, that's true. Next up it's the Oh my Christmas God.
0: award for biggest surprise of the year, non horror. What's yours? Mine is
1: Top Gun Maverick. Mine is also Top Gun Maverick. Mine is Top Gun Maverick. I've not known a sequel to surpass the original by so much in ages. Really. Because the the original Top Gun, I enjoyed it. It was fine. You know, it was a fun time. It was a product of the 80s. You know, so there's that sort of camp value to it. But top gun maverick oh my god i was on the edge of my
0: seat. this is this is the thing though i mean i've never known a film to benefit from being less camp that's this is the first in my in my book anyway. yeah um but yeah i mean the, the first one it, it really is just fine it's there's nothing special about it it's just <clears throat> the, the, the most special thing about it is the homoeroticism that you know keeps it entertaining um and the soundtrack of course but but this just had everything going for it it was well made you know the performances were fantastic uh,
1: and yeah it was just really intense i think it really benefited from the um filmmaking yeah um aspects yeah definitely what what am i looking at oh over the last how many like almost 30 how, years how, yeah with the time that's passed there's a lot of te- new technology. Development. And... That's the word yeah, I'm looking yeah, for. the te- Technological developments over the last twenty odd years really helped. So it kinda of, it was able to do what I feel like the original really wanted to do but couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um there was real sort of heart to it. There was. It was yeah. you know, it wasn't just action, action, action. There was layers to it. Yeah. Great performance. Even Tom Cruise, someone who I find very strange i thought but i i thought his character was very um sort of interesting yeah you you know it was it really was a great film and i was obviously surprised because i wasn't expecting i was expecting a lot of the same as the original film and it, it topped it in every way could have been a bit of funny joke if we were talking about the original. Yeah. Um <laughs> Oh, there was a little homoeroticism in the Maverick as well. Let's be honest. Yeah, they did. They did keep a, a beach scene in
0: there. They did. The, the original. They did. I'd be a top good Maverick is also mine. So moving on to the award for biggest disappointment of the year horror. There's a good chance we've got the same. We definitely have the same. It is, of
1: course. Netflix's... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fucking hell. What a load of shit. Really just awful. Just... It it took everything that made... The original great... And... Threw it out the window. Okay. But that's fine. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Because this franchise... Is never going to go back to the bare
0: minimum. No. It's never going to go back... That doesn't sell to a modern audience. No. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre... People think it's this brutal... Really gory film. There's hardly any blood in it at all. It is atmospheric... And it makes you think you've seen all the score, you know, because of the perfect cinematography and sound design and performances, you know, the meat hook scene is the best example of cinematic history of, you know, using minimalism to great effect because you think you see it go in. Yeah. But it doesn't. No. You you don't see it go in, you know? Um, Excuse me. It's, yeah, the original is one of the greatest films ever made. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. The sequels, as they've gone on, you know, they've got gory. And and that's, I mean, that's partially Toby Hooper's fault. He did it with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It worked, you know. If a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel is going to go down the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 route, then brilliant, you know. Go all out with your gore. Make it fucking wild. Add the comedy. Great. That's what I want to see. The remake, you know, that's gory. Great film, you know. This just... (laughs) It's lucky it didn't get the basic bitch award. Um, no. But no, it has to be big disappointment because it had potential. Yeah. It had potential. It went down the requel route and then... But the thing is, it, every sequel has in Texas Chains of Massacre. There's never been a sequel to a sequel. No. You know, it's always straight from the original. That, that's fine. But this was bringing back Sally. You know, recast, but it was bringing back Sally. Yeah. It could have been... You know, it could have been Halloween 2018-esque. It could have been a an empowering film of, you know, a woman getting over her struggles for all these years and facing it head on. Fucking insult to Sally. Like, what the fuck did they
1: do with that character here? It, they didn't do much. I mean, this this is probably where they went wrong, in my opinion. It was Halloween 2018 was Laurie's story. Yeah. And if they had just copied that and did Sally's story, you know, and how she's dealt with what happened to her, you know, it touches on it slightly. But if they'd just copy and pasted what Halloween twenty eighteen did, we would have sat here and was like, oh yeah, that was fine. But that's the problem. They did, but they didn't do it enough. But they didn't. But they. Did, but it would have been a better film. But It also yeah. would not have been a great film, because there's so much other issues. But I, I I just thought it was... It wasn't dull. It's just a bit stupid.
0: It was. And the thing is, they even repeated dialogue from Halloween 2018. Yeah. You know, there was a section of the film where they really tried to copy it. But Sally has like 10 minutes of screen time, if that. Yeah. It, it just felt like she's there just because she needed to. Just yeah. so then it could fall into the recall category. Yeah. Or just to get some buzz around the film. Yeah. Let's be honest... What does it matter though when it's not Marilyn Burns? Yeah, you know yeah. it's it's the the uh, the actress who played Mandy and you know in Mandy and she she's a great actress but this was fucking she wasn't given much to do here. Um, but yeah, dumb characters. Fucking great Leatherface. You know there are some good kills in there. I thought the guy who played Leatherface did a great job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have much to do. Obviously, he just puts a mask on and kills people. But you know, props to him. Sell like me props to him and uh, the ending got a laugh out of me but other than that yeah that is, <laughs> yeah, that,
1: was that, is uh, <laughs> that was
0: high camp that ended. that is our <laughs> biggest horror disappointment of the year it was next up it's the garbage day biggest disappointment
1: of the year non-horror what's yours? it's Nightmare Alley it's also I night. had such high expectations for Nightmare it's Del Toro. Alley Toro why wouldn't you? Dal Toro film noir you know a great cast yeah Really just, it should have been five star, tens, tens, tens across the board. Nominated for best picture at the Oscars. The fuck? (laughs) Yeah, surprisingly. I thought it was dull. I thought it was so dull.
0: The first half had me intrigued um, when they were at the carnival. Okay, this could be going somewhere good, you know. I mean, I'm fully intrigued. And then it just fucking loses it. it. If anything, it loses it when it becomes more of a film noir
1: yeah i suppose so yeah you know it's
0: just complete waste of a great cast um it's just boring it's it's genuinely there's no other way of
1: describing it it's boring i wish it would have been a bit weirder a bit you know when the only thing i can remember and this isn't a spoiler is tony Collette giving him a handjob in the bath well yeah i I mean what what's uh, Kate blanchett was in it and I feel like she was serving. She was serving. She was serving, but I don't remember anything about her character. No, because her character was boring. Dull. It was really, really dull. I, I, yeah. I, Yeah, I was bored. Yeah. And that's the biggest disappointment of all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's, there's not much more to say about it. Really. It's true. <laughs> beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Ga- beautiful gowns. <laughs> gowns were beautiful. Um, I trashed a piece of the year. There's no competition here. It has to be. The greatest trash to piece made since The Room. Ooh. It is, of course, Blackbird. A film that has that was released for, like, two weeks and has completely disappeared off the face of, of the God. earth Of course. Out of embarrassment. <laughs> Michael Flatley, the Riverdance Michael Flatley. He's, uh, he, he's made a vanity project, yeah. and it is fucking insane. It is... Casablanca meets
1: Casino Royale. But... Shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> you almost did it way too much just to say. But there. shit. Um, his wife
0: dies and he he wants that revenge. Um, but... it. it <laughs> I, I don't want to say too much about it. I don't want to say too much about it. But I will say this. It includes a scene. The film, written, directed, produced and starring Michael Flatley contains a scene where a beautiful woman goes to his hotel room undresses in front of him and he's like no no dear no dear no i can't i can't do it and he literally turns her away and shoves her out of his room yeah the film written directed star and produced
1: by this man <laughs> he wrote that for himself right that, that this himself. woman has thrown herself this in woman, and he can't do it. <laughs> i mean less than half his age well yeah. more, well, more yeah. than half his yeah. age really more than half his age yeah.
0: He he shows off his entire hat collection. There's at least
1: 30 years between them.
0: And there's also at least 30 hats in the film. Yes. Um, you've got to see it. This might have to be a milestone. If it ever reappears on the planet and we ever get to see it again, uh, it might have to be a milestone episode for the podcast. It's that special. It's,
1: yeah, it's truly something to be seen. Um, just... And the fact that our cinema screening was like
0: going to a screening of the room. It was. I think that Everyone it was in on the joke. No one went there expecting to
1: see a good Michael Flatley no. film.
0: Everyone knew what it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah. It's a must watch.
1: How it got a wide release, I don't understand. The trash of the year,
0: which is the worst of the year. You know, just, it, just bottom of the barrel shit um, that we advise staying as far away from as possible. Do you have the same as me? I certainly do. Um, it was close. It was almost a cloud so high, which yes. I think deserves a mention because any film that ends on the F slur deserves a mention for being absolute dog shit. That, yeah, you know that film was transphobic. It was homophobic. It was racist. It was misogynistic. It was. It was fucking just absolutely abysmal, and you know. Big fans of indie cinema here, we always say it, we hate putting down indie films, you know, running our own fucking indie film festival. But, you know, I mean, films like this are the reason we are running our own indie film festival, because shit like this should not be made in 2022. Yeah, and it shouldn't be shown, really? No, That's, let's no. be honest Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, if you're running a festival, you you got to watch Rudy's films and make sure that, you know, if any trigger warnings need to be put in place, they're put in place. Uh, and, and if if a film is made by a straight white man and it contains homophobia, transphobia, anything like that, just don't show it. Don't show it. Throw in the fucking bin. Seriously. It's 2022. Yeah. Which brings me to the next
1: one. A film that certainly had no trigger warnings at the first four we watched of that. Well, it did. Well, This is what annoyed... And this, this is, I think, a big reason for why GASP is happening. Is it did kind of had a trigger warning but it was kind of like oh my god this is so you know controversial this is so So extreme extreme this is so it it kind of it was almost like a badge of honor yeah rather than an actual trigger warning to say you know this might be a little too much for people this is you know your warning to leave it was kind of like oh my god guys Check this out. Yeah. Kind of trigger warning. Um, yeah. And the film we were presented with
0: was Megalomania. Megalomania. We didn't even finish the whole film. No. We got an hour in and there was another hour left and we just left because this was fucking disgusting. It, it, it was absolutely disgusting. And, you know, we have watched a lot of horror films over the years with some really extreme stuff in it. Um, but even some of the stuff from like the eighties and the seventies, you know, where it was a different time and you perhaps could have excused something like this still didn't feel as misogynistic as this, because this is a film made by men. Um, and weirdly enough for the second year in a row at Greenfest, because we, I think we may have had the worst of the year from Greenfest last year as well. Mm. Um, for similar reasons, it is just a film of women being brutally tortured, sexually assaulted and, Just in every way possible. It's fucking... But it's not... Whereas you have some horror films where, of course, you know... A lot of women die in horror films. A lot of women are murdered in horror films and whatnot. But when you have, like, a slasher film, it's kind of... You know, people are killed in inventive ways. It's very tongue-in-cheek, you know. Uh, It almost becomes comedic to a certain point because of how ridiculous it is. This was so realistic to the point it made me feel a bit sick like it it was brutal absolutely brutal but whereas in other horror films you always have a female protagonist to counteract with this a strong female character that we're rooting for we want to you know kill the villain and survive and move on to the sequel this didn't even have that no you had one character who also went through a lot of the same shit herself but then she was against the other women So she was technically,
1: you know, she was going into an
0: antagonist
1: territory. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with and and you you mentioned it there was that we've seen extreme films and every film is a product of its time. And when we watch these films, we look at it as a product of its time and we use that to understand it, not to forgive it, Mm. but we use it to understand it and we look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Or what was acceptable, and you know, after a certain amount of time, particularly with a lot of films where everyone involved is dead, yeah, you look at it as almost a historical document, absolutely, as an interest yeah. piece rather than entertainment. I'm thinking, I spit on your grave, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. that it, I'm not entertained by I spit on your grave. No, I am interested in it, and I'm interested as a product of its time. We're in 2022 now. Yeah, there's no excuse for this kind of film. No this is you know it's not saying anything it's at not, all no it's not you know it has no layers to it it has no real plot not really from what i gathered no. from the first hour it's just relentless mm. violence and sexual assault against women yeah for no reason apart from look how you know controversial we can be Look how how is this making you feel do you feel bad Mm. you know it's got no merits as a film at all you know it's got no merits as entertainment Mm. no merits as a think piece it's 2022 no excuses no No. that's i'm not saying that this shouldn't be in films but if you're going to show it you need to deal with it and you need, you need to show what that means, what that means to the women, you mm-hmm. know, and what, and convey some sort of heart. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it's I just <clears throat> it's this bullshit for the sake of it, and I thought we were past that. Yeah, especially in a year where so many horror films. I mean, majority of my top
0: 20 are either produced, written or directed by women. Yeah. You know, um, there's there's a lot of female involvement in horror and shit, and it really shows. And I think that's why it was so jarring to us as well, because it's never been more obvious that a film has been completely made by men.
1: Yeah. To, to be controversial. Yeah. To... But I thought we were past that. Yeah, if, I feel we like... were past. That. This is our films of twenty twenty two, not our films of nineteen seventy two. Exactly, it feels like it's made by someone who hasn't had any luck with women. It's like, ah, yeah, I'll get on back. I'll make this fucking film. But it's it's just a way of being controversial. Yeah, and it's like, how do you how do I push this further? Well, we see a lot of violence against women in films, so why don't I up the ante? Mm. It's just I've never seen it. I have absolutely no wishes to see it whatsoever, but it's it was reminiscent of what I think the Serbian film is. Yeah, just for the oh, no, sake no, yeah. of it, like what the are idea, you saying? The idea, I
0: just with yeah, this. I'm pushing something out just to be controversial. Absolutely, that is a good comparison. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think the director of a Serbian film tried to um, put some analogies out there of what it all means, but, I mean, it's absolute bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. You're just trying to be controversial. This this director didn't even... I mean, we didn't say for the Q&A, obviously, because we left halfway through the film, but yeah. during his introduction, he didn't even try and fucking say a thing. He, he didn't try to say anything about
1: it. No, no. It was... I, I just... I feel for anyone who... Has seen it without a trigger mm. war and, and really got triggered. Yeah. It is and
0: it, again, you know, awful. that's not even completely down to the filmmaker. That's absolutely down to the festival. That yeah. should be put in place. Mm. You, you need to do better. <clears throat> but yeah. But if you work for Grimfest and you listen to this, please keep listening. Um, <gasps> <laughs> please support our festival. But um,
1: just, you know. <laughs> but no, this is feedback. This is feedback. Listen to what we're saying. We love
0: going to Grimfest. We love yeah. going to Frightfest. You know, we love going to these festivals. But, you know. <laughs> you're There's alienating these... your audience yeah absolutely and you know fright fest have finally got a diversity board now after how many fucking years but you know you got to realize these things in
1: 2022 um but yeah just hope we do a great job of gas it's just it's <laughs> deflating when you've watched some great films and then you get one just as horrible and harsh as this yeah most of my top 20 is festival films and then also you know something like is a cloud so high the clouds so high yeah it just it took the air out of the room yeah yeah no one clapped, no one clapped, clapped. After
0: no one clapped after that because before you know one of the frankfurt's hosts come out and he was like oh yeah this is this is one of my favorites of the year you're gonna really love this but then when no one clapped after the end of the film on an f slur yeah, it is. Uh, it is a film that's going to divide people. No, no, everyone hated it. Everyone hated it. No one liked it. It was a fucking terrible idea that you put it on. Yeah, absolutely terrible idea. Because it was offensive.
1: Yeah, you know, and the ends. director
0: was so proud of it. Yeah,
1: gotta think of the pink pound. <sighs> well, yeah. So that brings us no. to another rant. <laughs> oh, the good gracious, less, less so. I think
0: <sighs> this. Was, I found this pretty offensive. The biggest basic bitch award. (laughs) Have you got the same? Of course I have. We both have Jurassic World Dominion. How dare you? (laughs) How
1: dare you bring Laura Dern back? Oscar, Emmy, everything winner. Winner of my heart, Laura Dern. How dare you bring her back and give her this material to work with? The, yeah we How did you have loose. laura dern
0: saying the exact dialogue oh yeah i uh, i slid into jeff goldblum's dms no she's better than that she's better what than the her. fuck and even jeff goldblum i love jeff goldblum he's one of my favorite actors i i adore him i watch anything with him here with him in. he's great what the fuck yeah what, what was he here for what yeah. was he here for sam neil i love sam neil what the fuck yeah <laughs> This was just absolutely bizarre. You're going to bring back a legacy cast. You've got to make use of them. They are wasted here. Massively wasted. And the new cast, you know, I enjoyed the first two Jurassic World films. And, you know, not too big on Chris Pratt anymore for obvious reasons. Um, But fucking he he looked dead behind the eyes in this film. He did not want to be there.
1: God, he was dug up. Forced to be in this film and then put back to sleep. It's awful. I find that with everything he's in. Ever
0: since uh, his little revelation about his homophobic church come out, he, everything he's in, he just does not want to be acted anymore. It, just stop, but... casting, him. stop never, casting him. I've
1: never been a huge fan. I've only really known him from Guardians of the
0: Galaxy. Yeah, and he's you know he's great in Guardians of the Galaxy. He fit you know as someone who's read the comic books, he fits that character perfectly. Mm. Perfect casting. But yeah, he he's his acting days. I think. Uh, I, I say acting loosely now. Um, Mario
1: coming up, hasn't he? Fucking oh, God, no. his
0: voice in that. Let's that's, that's not go there. That'll, I'm sure that'll win some sort of award next year. Oh, I hope not. Um, I love Mario. <laughs> but yeah, no, Jurassic World Dominion. Fucking waste of time. Same, it's Practically the same film as it's Fallen same Kingdom. same
1: fucking film. It, I, it feels like we've watched the same film three times. Yeah. And they just threw in Laura Dern, Sam Neill, yeah. and Jeff Goldblum to get some sort of, you know... Um, buzz around yeah. the film but it's disappointing yeah
0: and Bryce Dallas Halliwood she always tries her best yeah she she really like... does no matter what material she's given she's great um but yeah it's fucking rough and it ends the same way I mean spoiler alert if you've seen Fallen Kingdom you haven't seen Dominion yet it ends the same way yeah it, it, it ends the exact same way it does nothing Fallen Kingdom ended with Dinosaurs Roaming the Earth great premise this could have been fucking great yeah. you know but it does nothing with that You forget about it After the first five minutes That's forgotten about Yeah It's just generic yeah. So generic So basic It's ridiculous So yeah Can't recommend that one So our final two awards The best podcast film of the year I have a tie it's, it's a tie Between The Texas Chainsaw Massacre And The Exorcist You know Two of the greatest films ever made And it was an absolute blast Covering on both
1: yeah yeah i i completely agree both five star masterpieces um my choice is i wanted to be a little different onibaba okay yeah because i think actually doing the podcast episode made me yeah realize it made me love it just more. how yeah. amazing that film is and because it allowed me to discover one of my favorite films yeah beyond the valley of the dolls yeah yeah. love yep. that film Absolutely. and i'm so glad i chose it for the podcast yeah
0: for the worst podcast film of the year, there's a few choices. Oh, there's, there's a few. We, we, it's been rough. It has been. Rough. Um, for me, though, it has to be the nuttiest Nutcracker because that's <gasps> the one where I was. It was the end of the triple bill of the Christmas tree some episode. I had had enough. I, I'd honestly, I found myself <laughs> drifting in and out of sleep. I was. I had nothing to write in my notes because nothing fucking happened. It was so boring. Um, and the fact that we managed to stretch out an episode with a big portion of it dedicated to that is a miracle.
1: Yeah, I've gone festive as well. I've gone with elves. Yeah, elves yeah. was Fucking terrible. It was. It was. Talking about a film ending on an F slur. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely
0: very disappointed because again that's a film that could have been fun it could have we hope it was fun for you to listen to us talking about <laughs> it but it wasn't fun for us to watch it.
1: I feel like that's and I had to choose it because that was the film I got most angry talking about yeah. I feel during yeah. the well episodes. yeah I mean
0: there's things that we both realised as we were discussing the film yeah. that you know didn't sit well
1: Nazi shit for no reason
0: so we are now Ooh. on to our 20 best horror films of the year now for anyone who is new the rules are this we both have 20 yeah uh and obviously there are going to be a lot of crossovers here yes majority of it this year i think is crossovers so whoever mentions the film first we discuss the film at length and then we move on when he ever mentions it
1: yes yeah so we will discuss 20 (laughs) films well
0: maybe even more Maybe even more. Oh, potentially, yeah. That's true. That's true. So, in at number 20... What? <gasps> in at number 20, it is, of course, Prey. Prey. Is that the same for you? That is the same for me at number 20. So, the Predator franchise over the years... I, do you know what? I can't say there's been one entry where I didn't enjoy it unless we count any Alien vs. Predator films. I see. Uh, AVP2 specifically. Uh, and Predators of Edge and Brony, that was a bit basic. But I've, I've always enjoyed the franchise. But there's never been, including the first one, there's never been one that I would say, fuck yeah, that is like one of the, the best things I've ever seen, you know, completely stand out or whatever. Pray change that. Because it did something completely different with it. You know, we had it in a different surrounding, we had a female lead. And the female representation is just fantastic. It makes up for the rest of the female representation in the franchise. Um, But, you know, taking place within the Kamank Nation as well, it really, it made a massive difference. It felt like something new. It felt like something fresh. It didn't feel like it was doing the same thing over and over again.
1: Yeah, I really appreciated how they took something established and looked at it from a different direction. But still in keeping with the laws of what Predator is. Yeah. Really, you know, the whole idea of Predator and Prey is called Predator. You know, I enjoyed what they did there. I found it, you know, very tense. Strangely, Letterboxd doesn't, um, doesn't uh, put it under horror films. That is strange. Cause I was it's surprised a that, film. it is a horror film. Yeah. I mean, it's someone being chased you know yeah. it's Predator and Prey you know um, but I really enjoyed it I loved the female representation um, I enjoyed the cinematography mm-hmm. I thought it looked fantastic I'm surprised it didn't get a wide release it is shocking it, it is really Disney shocking It should have been big screen yeah, yeah. The fact that we're in a year... on a big screen
0: I think and the fact that we're in a year where Bullet Train got a fucking wide release and this didn't you know <laughs> Oh God. So oh my God, talk about disappointment. Uh-huh. Gone forever. Uh yeah, and I thought the indigenous uh, American representation was fantastic. Yeah. It, yeah. It really, yeah. you know, it, it delved into the culture and everything yeah. and, and helped it fit into the predator
1: story perfectly. Yeah. And it opens up for so many more possibilities mm-hmm. as well, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. And Amber Midfunder was so fucking good in the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was fantastic.
0: Going on to number 19. I have... You are not my mother. Yes, I am! <laughs> do you have the same? I
1: certainly do. Okay. You are not my mother. You are
0: not my mother. So this was a Glasgow fright fest film. And... Uh, When you go to Fright you know, obviously, your expectations, you're going with low expectations. And if you get something fantastic, then fucking great. That's a bonus. This was definitely one of those cases. um, Because with a premise like someone's mum going missing and coming back like a different person, it's been done so many times before that you kind of, you know, you expect, you know what you're expecting. But this completely took me by surprise. This was a really great folk horror um, written and directed by Kate Dolan as well. And this is her feature-length debut. Oh, wow. Which is really Fantastic. impressive. Yeah,
1: very mm. impressive.
0: Yeah, I loved the family dynamic. Yeah, Hazel, Dupe and Carolyn Bracken uh, as the
1: mother and daughter duo. So good. Yeah, re- really, the acting... And, and With films like this, the acting does have to be good. Yeah. And it was. Um, I just... I loved the emotion of it sometimes sometimes horror isn't necessarily i'm gonna cut off your head yeah or you stuff like that it's the emotional horror Mm -hmm. as well and the relationship between the the mother and daughter i feel was really well done it was yeah and that added to the horror but also to the emotion so it, it looked at it from a different angle to what we usually have with horror yeah yeah which is fine you know i love all kinds of horror really but it it doesn't let that get in the way of the horror elements no you know it kind of adds to it 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 remembers it's a horror film. yeah
0: and it adds to the stakes when you become emotionally invested in these characters Mm. um i mean there's one particular scene involving the dance that had my jaw on the fucking ground like the acting in that scene and what happens it really one of my favorite scenes in any horror film of the year it was fantastic uh, but yeah, and I believe it is readily available everywhere now, I think on video on demand, so I really can't recommend it enough.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I'm looking forward to what Kate Dolan does in the future. Yeah. So, next up at number 18, what do you have? I have Black Phone. Oh, okay, we'll discuss that now, then. Yeah, Black Phone, the um, Ethan Hawke film.
0: <laughs> yeah, <it's> Scott Derrickson, <laughs> it's Ethan Hawke film. Uh, the director of Sinister. <laughs>
1: The director, I like. I liked Sinister. And I. I did like Black Phone as well. Um, I thought the. Um, I thought the premise was very creepy. Yeah. I thought the cinematography was fantastic. I thought Ethan Hawke was fantastic in that role. Mm-hmm. Really did, and I. I. I'm trying to find a good way to say this. I usually find children in films to be <laughs> incredibly annoying. <laughs> uh especially quite uh pedantic ones it's okay regular the regular listeners are fit enough yeah <laughs> um but i actually found the, the the kids in this and the um the young actors mm. i actually found they did a good job and i found them yeah. quite endearing and i i cared about them which um yeah which very well done by the filmmakers because <laughs> usually I'll oh, fucking hell kill the kids yeah no,
0: they're, they're all fantastic um, performances and um, I think as well you know they're well developed quite early on the characters and I think it really makes it easy to become invested in them and with how good Ethan Hawke is it makes his character like massively unpredictable and you, you never know what's going to happen next you know, you don't feel like anyone's safe in the film. Especially means this is a guy who actually kills kids. This yeah. is the premise. Um, but yeah, I love the 70s aesthetic. It yes. Really, you know, it nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's fantastic. It's really creepy. Uh, I think it's one of the scariest films of the year. Especially, there's a few jump scares in there that are utilized really well. Which, it's easy in modern horror to just throw a jump scare in for cheap effect but I think it was done really well here and yeah I mean even the psychological side of things it
1: just it worked brilliantly yeah yeah and, and you know obviously i put it at number 18 for me I'm not very good at ranking films <laughs> tell so, people
0: that are the 20 best films of the year there, there,
1: no but in, in terms of I mean there's not much in it I, I like I enjoyed it but I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the others, but it was it was good. Well, my number eighteen. I just I just feel like maybe people might think that's quite low on the list, but it's not to say I didn't enjoy it.
0: Well, my number eighteen is a complete departure from the tones of the Black Phone, <laughs> a complete uh tonal shift. It's the Once and Future Smash. Oh. Uh, which is actually a mockumentary. Uh, that technically, you know, the mockumentary itself isn't a horror film, but it is a horror film as a whole because of its subject matter,
1: and it is hilarious. If you are a fan of horror films, and you are if aware you're big on your eighties cult horror, yeah, and you are aware of the kind of horror fandom that exists this is the film for you because it's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my mum wouldn't get wouldn't get it. <laughs> you know, your nan wouldn't understand. But if you are a horror yeah. film buff, this is top-notch comedy. Yeah, if, if you're part of the
0: horror Instagram community and you're aware of all the cons and, mm. you know... In particular, yeah. Honestly, this is the perfect film. It's so, so fucking funny. It, it, you know... It, the fact that it's a mockumentary, I, 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 I find myself at times forgetting that it. it's a mockumentary because of how realistic they made it. Yeah. So it's about a fake film, yeah. you know, and these these are actors playing these, these characters in this film. And it's just, it, it really makes you wonder why no one's done this before, because it it's, it's a genius idea. And it's just everything, it just gets funnier as it goes along. And, you know, the many talking heads interviews that we get in it, you know, like... <laughs> fucking Mark Patton's in this, and, you know, cast members from Random Friday the 13th sequels, Lloyd Kaufman's <laughs> yeah, in it, um, Todd Farmer, you know, and it's it's great because they are fully committed to what's going on here. Yeah. And that's what makes it funnier. Like, the little things like, you know, and I think I mentioned this on our Thrive first episode, but where they discussed the, the whole idea that one person could say they acted as this character in a mask and you you can't really say they didn't because it's a character in the mask you know very much falls into a lot of what Chris says on the podcast about you know the many Jasons over there as a Leatherface how you know anyone could put on the mask and play those characters so you know centering a whole film around that it's hilarious that. absolutely hilarious <laughs> and Michael St Michael's
1: and Bill Whedon, they they played the main characters so well they do they do actually they've got really great comedy chops yeah.
0: Number... What oh, fuck? What number are we? 17. <laughs> enjoyed talking about it so much, I forgot number one. 17! 17.
1: 17. I have Watcher. Okay. Let's talk about that now. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Um, kind of... I described it as <laughs> the last two episodes of Sex and the City <laughs> where Sarah Jessica Parker is lonely in Paris. <laughs> Mixed with Rear Window, and if that sounds good to you, like it did to me, you're gonna enjoy Watcher. Yeah, I don't want to give away too much. So it is kind of um, it's it's a difficult one to describe without giving away too much.
0: Yeah, I mean the basic premise is a woman. is being kind. Of,
1: yes, in Bucharest. Yes, she's lonely and she thinks something iffy's going on and
0: and it keeps you guessing the writing is so good yeah. it really keeps you guessing throughout um directed by uh, Chloe Akuno. and this is her feature length debut and i'm so glad to see you know so many women getting their feature length debuts this Absolutely. year. and they're all fucking fantastic women make the best horror and you know i will always stand by
1: that and this is a great example of it she also i think women make i'm just going to say this one now I think women make the best horror now because we're seeing things from a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. And we're seeing the, you know, we're seeing these kind of films from the woman's perspective. Mm -hmm. So we've had films like Rear Window, Disturbia. Yeah. Which are quite similar in plot. Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing it written by a woman. Yeah. Featuring a woman. And we're seeing that perspective. And it feels so fresh. Mm. And it feels new. It, yeah. It, it's, it's a new take. And, you know, shockingly, not, I, I, if I remember correctly, you know, Rear Window came out 70 years ago. Mm. Why is it taken 70 years to see it from this perspective? Yeah. You know, a woman's perspective yeah. on this kind of, you know, uh, plot. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. I mean, if I remember right, let me just check. Uh, yeah, but it's it's also um, it, it is also co-written by Zach Ford, so it's co-written by a man as well. But yeah. it is the female perspective that really shines through because you know, of course, women if they're out alone at night or just out walking in general, they a lot of the time they have to feel on an edge, yeah. and and that is portrayed here perfectly and it really is anxiety inducing it it's yeah. there's some scenes in this film that had my palm sweating i mean like the cinema scene you know where she's just going to the cinema and the guy it was actually a really great um, homage to the howlin where the guy just leans and starts breathing on it it's fucking terrifying it, yeah. you know it doesn't need lots of gore or anything like that it relies
1: heavily on suspense and it's fantastic and it's the idea of a woman in danger not being believed yeah and it's something that only women can relate to so you have to have that female perspective on it we're not saying that every film should be directed and written by you know every film that's about women Mm. should be written directed produced by women but women should be involved there's so many films about women out there that you're like, have you met a woman before? Yeah, and it's about
0: using common sense. Look at a wounded fawn, you know, I've not meaning on in top 20, but again, another highlight from this year, a film about an experience a woman goes through. And, it, you know, you could tell from the directors talking about it at Fright Fest. It, very sincere. And you
1: just have to use common sense and not be a fucking moron. Yeah. To know what women go through. But you it know? felt like women were very much involved in the filmmaking process. Yeah. Yeah. And about the end product. That's mm. not saying men cannot direct films no, exactly. about women. Yeah. But you have to get them involved. Yeah. yeah, In some way. You know? We can't mention what And give them some money for us. Yeah, well. absolutely. Right. We
0: can't mention Watcher without mentioning Micah Monroe.
1: Oh, of course.
0: So she started out in... Uh, she was It Follows and The Guest. And I thought she was going to become like a massive screen queen um, over the years. And she kind of just... I don't know. She just wasn't in a lot since then, but she's back in, she's in this and her performance is within my top 20 performances of the year because she is so fucking good. And she looks absolutely stunning. She serves so many looks throughout this film. She's given blonde bombshell in the fifties.
1: And she is. I, I, yeah, just absolutely incredible. Yeah. She, she really puts on a fantastic performance. I am actually quite pleased that we got to see this in the cinema as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. This was wide release. Can't, can't mm-hmm. I, mean, I think yeah, fine. it was yeah. I think it was like one or two showings a day. But I'm so pleased for a debut, yeah. you know, and I, I hope this kind of reignites um Mike Ma- Monroe's. Well, I hope so as well. I mean,
0: Chloe Okuno has already been given uh, the next Fair Street.
1: Oh, So Nice.
0: Yeah, it's great to see that she's getting more work and something, you know, as mainstream as that. Yeah, absolutely. My number 17 is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, now this was a surprise because the trailer made it look it could have gone one of two ways. Um, it could have been, you know, massively cringe. It, you know, it, it could have been lackluster. But, this is a film that is predominantly made by women. I mean, written, produced, directed, starring. And it fucking shows. And it is fantastic. I feel like on rewatches this could be even higher off my list. I loved this.
1: Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I, am. Um a bit of a grumpy millennial and I thought this was going to be Gen Z look at me on my iPhone (laughs) throughout the whole thing and I just it would I thought it would just get on my nerves but actually you know the humor is very nuanced it's silly it's yeah makes fun of Gen Z to a certain degree and to you know millennials as well that's be fair um it's just a fun film, yeah. really. It's it's very silly, but not
0: stupid. It's perfect for twenty twenty two. The yeah. dialogue is phenomenal because they really capture what people talk like these days, and it's used in such a great way. Um, and it's hilarious. It really is hilarious. The big argument scene near near the end of the film. Oh my god! So funny. So so funny. Um and the cast, there's not a single bad performance in this. Everyone brings their A game. It's so every the dynamic between everyone is great. Because they could be best friends one minute and they'll be turning against each other the next. And where is the lie? That is so realistic these days. It is so realistic. Um yeah. And the twist, honestly, I'm obviously not gonna say what it is. I've never I have not kind of laugh so much at a film in the cinema. It's so fucking funny. So so funny um completely blows everything else that came before it out of the water once that twist is revealed and i kind of i, I want to rewatch it now knowing that as well yeah yeah
1: i um okay, you say no no <laughs> no i i'm, I'm trying to uh, bypass <clears throat> talking about the ending in case um yeah i just uh the word triggered does yeah. really, never make me laugh so Used much. to great effect. To used to great effect. Um, yeah.
0: And it, it's intense. It doesn't forget get to be a horror film. There are moments that had yeah. me on the edge of my seat. I didn't know where it was. I genuinely <laughs> had no idea where it was going. It's the most unpredictable film of the year, easily. Unless we're counting uh, Barbarian, because that, that was quite unpredictable. Um, but yeah. Barbarian that... was kind of unpredictable. Well, but yeah, bodies, 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 and a, I mean, it ends with a fucking Charlie XEX
1: song. What more can you say? No, how more Gen Z can you get? Hey, don't come for Charlie for the the, the twinks and the uh the girls.
0: I'm certainly not a twink, and I love Charlie XCX. But you're girly
1: pop, don't you? Well, yeah. Oh, no. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it <really Wow>. <laughs> I've heard it said. I've heard it said on TikTok. Are you sure you're
0: gay? <laughs> yeah.
1: Who knows?
0: Number sixteen, I have torn hearts
1: oh Do i don't Okay. No, very low torn for you. heart well This has been a good year
0: fantastic year and this was late night film at fright first a film that didn't have the highest uh, imdb rating oh my god ridiculously low i swear it's like kind on of a 5.2 something like that yeah it's embarrassing and you people. know so you, you don't expect much but i did have faith because it's of course directed by bria grant I love Bria Grant. She is... Honestly, she's a name that deserves to be mentioned more within horror because she has done some fucking great work over the last few years and I really can't wait to see what she does next. This is by far my favourite thing to come from her yet because this is just everything me and Chris love about films thrown into one.
1: It is. Uh, And I suppose the 5.2 is because it's straight not... people who don't get it yeah yeah straight people who don't get it it's camp <laughs> it's cat it's camp it's a mix. It's camp. and that, that's the only way to describe it and how wonderful it is because yeah. it's so ridiculous but so amazing <laughs> yeah it's it's like I, a... I loved it and i love Hag exploitation and I think it's a hag exploitation. It is though. absolutely I think it's a high exploitation. It's Katie seagal from Married with Children, Sons of Anarchy, Um Futurama, fantastic actress, lover. I was a big fan of Eight Simple Rules when I was younger, so I, I love a bit of Katie Segal. Is it Sagal? Segal? Segal, Segal, Segal. say Um Well, thanks for girls. <laughs> what? Singer, singer. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Love her, and to see her in a sort of exploitation kind of role, yeah, was amazing. Yeah, I, I loved it. I really, just really enjoyed it. it. It
0: feels like a mix of whatever happened to Baby Jane, Psycho, Sunset Boulevard, The Fan, and Die, Die, My Darling, and, and uh, what a mashup! TV that is. show
1: Nashville, yeah, because it's about country music as well, uh-huh. which is camp inherently camp. Yeah, country music is camp. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: I mean. Abby Quinn and Alexis Lemaire—they both do fantastic jobs here as as the leads. Fucking hell, Katie Sagal absolutely choose that scenery. She does. She her one-liners in this film are so so camp.
1: The dialogue is fantastic, and she's just relentless. She's just so entertaining to watch. She's a, she's a very very good actress. I like her a lot. She can do anything really. Yeah. She can do the comedy. I'm not sure if was it her singing. <laughs> Who knows? It's probably knows, yeah, she's probably singing. she's uh, she's a triple threat, ladies and gentlemen. She's yeah. a triple threat. Yeah, this is just
0: it's just fun to watch, and it's you know again, it doesn't forget to be a horror film either. You know, it's yeah, it, it th- has These horror elements. Yeah, you, you feel like these girls are actually in danger being with Katie Sacal. Yeah, you know? it's,
1: it's nice to have the horror on the side, but for me, it's it's the um, camp tastic nature of yes. the film that really yeah it is drew me in yeah a
0: film that definitely deserved a bigger release than it got
1: definitely was it just randomly put on Hulu it's on, it it on some Sky film. Store now in VOD. the UK yeah. yeah I think it was made for Hulu uh, it's Blumhouse
0: as well you know one of the yeah. one of the uh, biggest Blumhouse standouts. Yeah. in fact you know what looking at my ranked list now I'd, it is the best Blumhouse film of the year okay yeah me, anyway, I thought Scream was Blumhouse. Scream was not Blumhouse. Oh, no, did I make that up? Oh, Halloween, Halloween. Oh. Halloween ends. Oh, I get Halloween confused. ends is not in the top 20. I
1: get confused. So, what is your number 16? My number 16 is Candyland. Oh, uh, not based on the board game, certainly not. Um, certainly not. Just a really grimy throwback to sort of grindhouse it is it is yeah it feels very dirty but in a good way yeah it's it doesn't feel exploitative no but you know it's it's saucy it's it is violent at times and uh i really enjoyed it yeah the fact that the protagonists are sex workers as well i love that you know very
0: very very progressive and, uh, you know, it's just, it's always refreshing to see. The antagonist, though, um, <laughs> wow, I've never, I've ever hated a villain so much in a oh fucking Oh, God, film. yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, the villain in this film, um, she's very religious heavy, um, and, and infiltrates her way in to, to this group of, of sex workers. And fuck me. The, the actress does such a fantastic job, uh, in the role and makes it fully believable that she's so evil and yeah, I was gripped throughout. And and like you said, you know, it's a great throwback to Grindhouse Cinema and really nails that aesthetic of that era. You know, the soundtrack and the cinematography and everything. It's just really,
1: really intense. I thought it looked great as well. It, it, did. it I, did. I thought it really looked great. Uh, written and, and directed by John Swab. Yeah. Who, you know, written and directed by a man. But it actually felt like he'd met a woman Yeah. in his yeah. life. It really felt like it didn't feel like the nudity was exploitative. Um, it had something to say. Yeah it wasn't judgmental of sex workers no. at all I, and i i didn't get that i didn't I, I, i've never been a sex worker but from my perspective it didn't feel judgmental no. it felt quite honest and real no. in fact the, the judgmental part was coming from the villain and yeah. the fact that that's the villain being judgmental
0: that says a lot of how positive it is
1: yeah no absolutely yeah i just i thought it was it, it was sleazy but with a heart there yeah you know, it was sleazy by design and uh, didn't feel offensive. No. It was, yeah, it was a, a fun film. But yeah. with something to say as well. Which yeah. Is always good. Absolutely.
0: And my number... Oh, wait. Was that 16? Oh, that my God. Was, I'm losing That track. was that my was 16. number 16. So, number 15. 15. Number 15 for me is The Menu oh is that yours
1: no okay. the, no the,
0: yeah the, the menu again could have been higher might be higher on a rewatch but again where did this film come from
1: <laughs> so random so
0: many films that just look like they could just be throwaway horror films and they're far from it and this is definitely one of them you know um the idea of these people, these these rich people, go into an island just to eat at this guy's restaurant. Um, it's a massive satire on foodie culture these days, you know. And we get that with the people taking pictures of their food, completely over-explaining it with words that they probably don't know what even mean. Um, it's it's a perfect satire and it's hilarious. If if you know these sort of people that it's mocking, it's hilarious. But this is a great horror film. It is really intense at times. Um,
1: and the
0: performances are just
1: fantastic. It's one of those films. And it, it it's one of those films that successfully has. Oh, my God. 99% of its cast, of its characters, be highly unlikable. Yeah. But still works. Yeah. Because I, I still invested. It's a comedy. Um Triangle of Sadness does something very similar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of my favourite films of the year. Um, it puts together some very highly unlikable people mm-hmm. when you're like, Who's the antagonist and who's yeah. the protagonist? Whose side am I on? And no no spoilers, but there is, you know, someone whose side we're not Yeah. But that isn't always revealed. No. And so it's kind of like, fuck you all. (laughs) At times. Like, oh, you know. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. It came completely out of nowhere. Uh I mean, we randomly watched a trailer. The trailer came on whilst we were at the cinema. I was like, oh, God, you know, this is going to be some sort of um, like parody on gordon ramsay or mm. something and it, it wasn't it wasn't that no. it was anything it was a, a parody of elitism
0: yeah it's, it's so stylish as well like the having a oh, different great. the food um recipes come up on the screen and everything is so good uh anya taylor joy is the the mvp here she i yes i agree nominated I for a
1: golden globe very well deserved but I also think Ray Fiennes Absolutely. did a yeah. fantastic just job. Yeah. Fantastic. And I, I feel like more than Anya Taylor-Joy, d- even though she did a fantastic job, the film was riding on Ray Fiennes, yeah. given a good performance, and, how, and he did. Yeah, and
0: how serious he was in the role. Considering he has to say some pretty fucking ridiculous stuff, he fully commits. Yeah. Just like he did when he uh, read out Lisa Barlow's hot mic moment on... Did. Like. Did. Um, but anya taylor joy is just effortlessly calling us like she's always she's from giving the me... moment she lights up her first sig yeah you know, what's she yeah. giving you uh hayley williams she is the hayley house williams. down boots um but yeah like when we were at the cinema um there's another scene of her smoking and someone on the back row took a picture with the flash on I, wasn't even was mad. I was so, like someone someone's got a fetish Will you say that i smoking. say it, it was no. another another one of
1: us queens and it it was standing out on your tail enjoy smoking no you know i've <laughs> seen it in the past randomly you know searching an actress on youtube as no. i do and there's whole videos dedicated to them smoking people people have a fetish for these things which is i'm, I'm not shaming anyone no but it's you know, amazing. Don't take you say? pictures whilst I'm trying to watch <laughs> film at the cinema. Thank you. Um yeah. What's your number 15? My number 15 is fresh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, a little low. Little, low. little low, little low, little low. Um I know I I really liked fresh. I did I did really like fresh. Um it was interesting and uh yeah. What did you think to fresh? Am I, to I think what friend? you're saying what? is
0: <laughs> what you're saying is the reason this is even on your list is because the lead character has the Golden
1: Girls theme song the <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. I'm sorry. Can I just apologise? I'm sure you've seen on social media. I haven't been feeling my best recently, so I'm, if I'm a little confused at times, I don't play it. It's not because I didn't enjoy the film. Oh, the Sebastian Stan Cannibal film. Yeah. Yes, of course. Of course. I did enjoy this. It was very good.
0: Again, feature length debut from Meanie Cave. And this one went to Disney Plus. So I'm very glad this got this, the distribution it deserved. It, again, should have been a big screen film. Um, I was absolutely gripped from start to finish. It's so fucking good. And. Oddly enough, one of two films on this, on on my top 20, that are uh, about cannibals. It's been the year of the cannibal. It has, apparently,
1: according to um, Twitter. Yeah. It's been the year of the
0: cannibal. Um, This genuinely has some scenes that look fucking disgusting, uh, with with the cannibalism. Um, It it is one of those that, if if anything's going to make me feel a bit sick of a horror film, it's cannibalism, and and this does it really well. Uh, But... Daisy Edgar-Jones is absolutely incredible in this as uh, as Noah in the lead role. And so is Sebastian Stan. Because obviously, you know, Sebastian Stan these days, what the most people associate him with, being fucking Bucky in the MCU. You wouldn't accept, expect him to be the sort of character he is in this film. Um, he is he's so creepy and so slimy. Uh, but I, I couldn't get enough. I wanted to see more. And... It's very much a film that shows how terrible modern dating can be and the dangers of meeting creeps through dating.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel but like on an extreme level.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's been a few films this year that revolve around being suspicious of seemingly charming men. Mhm. Yeah. 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 It's a cautionary tale. Sign of the times. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Anything else else to say about this? I mean, it's it's your next choice. Yeah, no, it was fine. It was fine. It was... It was fine? It was...
1: It was was good.
0: (laughs) Yes, I I will rave about this, phone. It's higher on my list, and I really can't recommend it enough. On to my number 14. We've already discussed it. It's the Black Phone. Ah. So what is your number 14? Once and Future Smash. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Number 13, for me... Is Bones and All another ah, nice. cannibal film? Another cannibal is that your film. number 13? No, yeah. no,
1: a bit, a bit higher, a little a bit, bit higher. higher.
0: Um, yeah, so again, it, this is the year of the cannibal. Um, this one was art house cannibal, should we say? Mm. <laughs> um, yes. yeah, so this uh is directed by uh the director of Suspiria Remake and Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagino. I hope I pronounced that right. And he's a fantastic director. He's so good at what he does. He's not missed so far, no, as far as I'm no. concerned. I mean, we've only seen those two, um, but this feels like a blend of those two. Um, what I appreciate here, which I really did not expect at all, is that... Anyone within the LGBTQ plus community could find something to relate to within this story. Mm. Um, I assume the director is a gay man. He is a gay man. Um, and this very much feels, specifically with a set within the 80s, it very much feels like a an allegory for being in the LGBTQ plus community at that time. You know, when HIV was around, uh, well, when it was obviously, I mean, it's still around, obviously, but when it was, when everyone assumed it was a life sentence and, you know, homophobia was at a rise because of this, you know, um, it, it very much feels like that's what they're going for here. And if this is any other film, Um, I would say, do you need to have an allegory in 2022? Can't you just say what you're trying to say? But this works. The way the story's told, this works. And it feels so sincere and so heartfelt.
1: And yeah, it's just perfect. Yeah, it's a relatability. And we look at it from our perspective. Yeah. We look at it from the perspective of two homosexual men.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: What a great film does, like this one what a great film does is allows you to project your own identity mm. onto these sort of subjects we're not cannibals we obviously never want to be cannibals we're obviously not <laughs> you know we're <laughs> against cannibalism yeah. okay just so you know i just thought i'd have just in case the fbi are listening yeah. in <laughs> But what we can, what a good film is able to do, is allow us to empathize or uh, sympathize with cannibals. Yeah, like we we're on their side. Yeah. We're like, oh my god, you because know? we're looking at it as something other than cannibalism. Yeah, but also because it the film is so well made mm-hmm. that we're able to do that, and obviously we don't always agree with their actions. But they've created these two characters that we are invested in, that we do want to see the best for. And, you know, that takes a lot of skill. Yeah. I think, and, and I, I like the acting between the two leads. Oh, uh, Taylor
0: Russell and Timothy Chalamet Taylor Russell were, were both and fantastic. Chalamet,
1: but I think Mark Rylance. Yes put on a fantastic performance. I think I think he's a fantastic actor anyway. But I thought he was really fucking good. Yeah. And I think if if there's any Oscar buzz, it's it's I don't think there will be, but I think if there is, Mark Ryland should Absolutely. be close to the yeah. top of that. He's so creepy in there. So um, creepy. You just you again, you know, like
0: Ethan Hawke in the Black Folk, you feel uncomfortable when he's on screen. Because you don't know what he's gonna do next um and he, he yeah he really portrays that really well we also get a cameo from
1: jessica harper queen we certainly do love that love we, that for us
0: we need this director to make more films so we can see more jessica harper She always pops up in them.
1: um david gordon green as well yeah david gordon <laughs> green's
0: randomly in this um but also the soundtrack you know you're going to give me an 80s road trip film you you got to give me a good 80s soundtrack and that is what it delivers you know we get Joy Division New Order Duran Duran in fact the atmosphere uh, by Joy Division needle drop is probably one of the best of the year it's so fucking good um, and again you know fantastic cinematography it for a film with such a dark subject matter and uh, quite a downbeat film it looks really breezy and you know like, really summery, and it looks lovely.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really... I, I actually really enjoyed Bones and all. Yeah,
0: and the opening scene, oh my god, really jarring.
1: Yes, oh god, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah that is... When yeah. practical effects are that used in this really film... Well made. Yeah, they're, they're used
0: really well. Yes. So, what is your number 12? 13. 13? You said 13, 13. it was... Nope, that no, that was 14. No, I'm going to mix... Oh, my God. Bloody One hell. year. We'll record this, this end of your episode and I won't get confused. What's no, your 13. No
1: Carol Vorderman over there. Um, number 13 is Piggy. Okay. i up on mine. Which I said way too excitedly because it's actually really quite a dark film. It is a dark film. <laughs> Very dark film. Um, fan, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. Another is a Spanish film. Um... Written and directed by a woman, yep. Carlotta Pareda. Um, it's... When you look at the poster and the name, it did... I, I was sort of like, ugh. We skipped we it at Fright Yeah. Because
0: we obviously... You know, we've gone to Frightfest and Grimfest. You get to pick and choose what you want to miss, what you want to see in that. It genuinely... When we watched the trailer, we thought, this could be a really iffy, fatphobic film. You yeah. Know, it, I mean, it's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I don't know what that says about the generation we've grew up in, but... Yeah, I mean, I assumed it would be really iffy. Could well, not have I been just, any more wrong.
1: What I was expecting was Carrie, but with, you know, a plus-sized central character. Yeah. And I thought, oh, good she's gonna get bullied throughout the whole thing and it's just gonna be and then she gets her revenge at the end because she's telekinetic or something like that and that's not to say carrie is one of my favorite films of all yeah. time i would have been okay with that but i thought maybe it, it, there might be a lot of jokes at the lead actresses yeah, that's, that's what i was expecting yeah i thought it was gonna be a comedy and it was not no. it was very well made it was very interesting because there are uh, moral sort of questions that are yeah. brought up throughout the film. Um, I, I just thought it was fantastic. I don't want to give away and number one I don't want to give away too yeah. much It's about...
0: probably the most inventive take on the slasher genre we've seen yeah. quite some time. Yeah. Um, Laura Gallon is so fucking good in the lead role. She has some really tough scenes to act out Yeah. In. Uh, it must have been emotionally draining for her to play this role. And she's so fucking good. Like, she just fully commits throughout. And it really is easy to become invested in her character. Um, you know, you kind of want it to turn into revenge porn at points with how horrible the people are to her. And then you question why you yeah. feel that way. Yeah. It's, you know, the cinematography, it's grimy, dirty, sweaty. um, the soundtrack's really subtle, but it builds an atmosphere. It's just a really, really well-made film. Um, and again, you know, women make the
1: best horror, and this you can tell is written by a woman. It
0: always, it's always obvious in this one. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and respect to, uh, and respectful, yeah. respectful yeah. of the subject matter.
0: Yeah, and you know, on paper there could be one specific person you could call a villain in this film but realistically when you really look into it there's multiple
1: villains yeah. in this film uh um, but that's, that's which that's is the why moral questions yeah. that arise it's
0: so well written uh and really makes you think about it yeah. it really is a fantastic film yeah i thought it was brilliant really enjoyed it so now i can give you my number 12 and, oh and okay i wanted this to be so much higher but again it's been such a good year I wanted this to be fucking number one, if I'm honest. But, you know, there's a lot left to discuss. It is hypochondriac. That's that's low. That is low. That's very low. It deserves to be
1: higher. It's, yeah.
0: Especially means this one resonated so much and it really got me, should we say. Yes. It, 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 um... There's a lot of relatability in here. And, you know, I've mentioned a few times in the podcast that I suffer from health anxiety myself. Uh, This is what that film. This is what the film's about. This is what the film's about. And the representation. 100% spot on perfect. Could not get any better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: Um, Even if you look at like anxieties and depression as a whole, you know, there's there's something to relate to here. Um, And before going into it, you know, I wasn't sure how triggering it was going to be. I I wasn't sure if it would be exploited for horror purposes, but it fits into the horror perfectly in a way that resonates where you kind of understands. And it does feel like you're in a horror film when you're going through it. And it's very clear that writer, director Addison Heyman, he's clearly been through this. This is his real life experiences. And that adds so much heart and sincerity to the film itself. And it, it always shines through. And Zach Villa, again, another one of my top 20 performances of the year. One of my top 10 performances because he is so good.
1: It's it's a powerhouse performance. It's a subject matter I've never seen in horror no. before. And I, it's actually probably something you've seen more in comedy. Yeah. Really. Well, I mean, we watched Ferris Bueller last night as very much Cameron That's, and Ferris Bueller. Yeah, that sort of uh hypochondria is played for laughs in a lot of films yep. so it did make us a little nervous obviously with uh gary's sort of history and, mm. and him being able to relate to the subject matter um but it was really really well made the subject matter obviously coming from a place of being through the same thing himself <sighs> the the, the writer of director yeah. yeah. he treated it with a lot of respect yeah. Um, and it, it's one of those films I, it's not something I've dealt with personally, but I'm sure, sure for Gary, there are certain films that hit differently. yeah, absolutely from and it's not to say that they're bad films for other people' mm. a fantastic films. yeah, but they hit differently because they're relatable.
0: yeah there's some, there's some films that are just objectively good. like Bones and all no one could say that's a bad film. Because it's not. Objectively, it's not. It's very well made, you know. There's so much there that could that could be put forward for a good argument for it being a good film. Yeah. Yeah. But Hypochondriac, if you don't get it, then maybe there's there's not a lot to enjoy here. And, and it's got a low rate on IMDb. I don't get it. But, I mean, as a whole, I think it's very well made. I think as a horror film, it really works. But it's even more... it's it's even better when you can relate to it. And that's not to say I hope you've been through it and so you can enjoy this film. Um, I obviously don't. But as someone who has been through it, it it really does hit on a different level. And it is, you know, it's really personal, really touching. And it's honestly really disturbing in some scenes as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it really shows very well the horrors of mental health it does you know uh, having issues with mental health should i say yeah um yeah i thought it was really well made is that another debut i i think it's another debut yeah and yeah. marlene
0: um fought forte um i believe might be how you pronounce it, her name she also provides a standout performance as uh, the lead character's mother because i mean you know as well as dealing with the mental health side of things and everything, it deals with absent families and, and difficult family relationships and she is fantastic in her role she's so good
1: yeah yeah really just you know very well done and with a real weird real weird excuse me a real queer sense of oh my god empty. it's so gay So gay. It is so gay. really appreciate. There is... Maybe that's... I I don't know. I don't know what goes through people's minds when they watch films. I I can only tell you how I feel. There's a difference between IMDb and Letterboxd. I believe this is rated higher on Letterboxd than it is on IMDb.
0: IMDb is... I I really think the people who vote on there, I think it's dominated by a lot of uh, straight white people. Yeah. Those people aren't going to get it. They're not going to get this uh, purely for the queer side of things, because, you know, there there was a guy sat next to me at Fright Fest who turned away when two male characters kissed. Um, I think that really tells you all you need to know.
1: I th- yeah, I th- I think there's still a way to go before yeah. having real queer representation in in horror. But in, in the... cinema, really. oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, in a year where Harry Styles has gone on interviews saying how he's you know he's done all of us a favor, he's done the gays a favor because he provided sensual sex scenes in his policeman film. This has a fucking rimming scene. I mean, yes. Yes. spoiler. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So thanks, Harry, but we're okay over here. I mean, this game was everything we needed, thank you very much. Um, So yeah, best sex scene of the year also goes to hypochondriac. I didn't know there was an award. No problem. If there is, then that's who it goes (laughs) to. And, uh, yeah by the way just please watch this film whether please. whether
1: you can relate to
0: it or not it doesn't matter watch
1: it it needs to be seen it, it is a fantastic film it, when I say it hits on a different level when you can relate it's still really well made the horror yeah. is still there it's a fantastic film yeah. really fantastic what's next for you oh can you remember what number we're on 12 12 12 for me is bodies 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 there we go What's your number 11? 11 is Torn Hearts. Mine is Watcher. Watcher, fantastic. Uh, coming in at number 10 for me is Piggy. Oh, we're in our top 10s. 10 for me is The Menu. Number 9 for me is Candyland. Number 9 is Bones and All. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh,
0: so, and number 8 for me is Fresh. Ooh.
1: Controversially, Number eight for me is Pearl. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my
0: god. So, do you want us to get homophobic abuse?
2: What?
1: (laughs) It's in my top ten, for fuck's sake. Yes, it's fine. Oh! Oh! Yeah. Does that mean... That means... Okay, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to
0: it. Yeah. Go on in, you straight man. Tell us about Pearl.
1: Okay. I loved Pearl. I did. I did love Pearl. I feel like I have to defend me not putting no, i like, no, I'm high only high. joking. You carry on. Instead of saying how much I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. Loved Pearl. Real camp sensibility. Um, came out of nowhere for me. It literally came really? out of nowhere. The fact that X came out of nowhere and
0: this was made at the same time as X. Yeah. And now we're getting a third film as well. It's unbelievable. And the fact that, you know, sometimes when you make films at the same time and they're thrown out there, Matrix Revolutions. um Revelations. Or whatever it was. No, you're on about Resurrections. That was last year. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revelations, they were made at the same time. Matrix Revelations is a bit of a mess. You know, you kind of think one, one film is going to get more focused than the other. Ty West fucking nailed these two films. Completely nailed them. How he managed to do it, I don't know. But the fact that they're two completely separate films as well in tones and everything. Yeah. Really, really did a fantastic job. And Pearl, written co-written by a woman, the official Tony Collette of 2023.
1: Duh. It's Mia Goth. Mia Goth. Yeah, Mia Goth, the modern Shelley Duvall. I love her. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in Pearl. Really gave a great performance. What I really liked about Pearl is I wasn't sure if I was expecting the same as X. But I didn't think it would go as far removed from X as it did. Yeah. And still did it really well. I love the reference points, very Wizard of Oz, uh-huh. uh very old school Hollywood, you know, silent film era. Yeah,
0: the cinematography like a Disney film.
1: Yeah, it's... absolutely. But it, it's pure horror, it has many horror elements, and ultimately it, it lives or dies on the main performance mm. by Mia Goth yeah. as Pearl. And she is fantastic. Yeah. Really fantastic, a wonderful actress. She's been memed to death. <laughs> you know, you know, you've made it when you've been memed to death. Uh, just, re- just a really enjoyable film, a great film. It's like I said about
0: torn hearts. You know, there's a lot of whatever happened to Baby Jane here, but also it kind of feels like it's a lot of Carrie, Straight Jacket, Psycho, and even fucking Great Gardens.
1: Great Gardens. <laughs> given me and it wasn't an influence that i've seen them reference in interviews it definitely was oh my god gray gardens the house down boot and i fucking love gray gardens yeah there's even a dance scene little Edie. there's a dance scene little ed in gray gardens there's
0: absolutely a reference for the dance scene in this yeah um but yeah, no, it's just fucking fantastic, and it, like I said, you know the technical cinematography. Oh my god, it looks beautiful. It looks like a children's fairy tale, mm. uh, which makes the horror helem- the horror elements hit even harder. Um, you know. Everyone in the cast does a great job, but Mia Goff is just—we all know she's going to be snubbed for an Oscar, but she fucking deserves one. This isn't the kind of film that gets nominated for an Oscar, no. so unfortunately. I was surprised that she didn't get nominated for the Golden Globe. I love Anya Taylor Joy, but if it's out
1: of the two of them, that's Mia Goff true. Actually, go. yeah, that is a surprising one. Was uh, Anya Taylor Joy Anya Taylor Joy nominated for Best Actress or something? Would have been best best actress. Yeah,
0: yeah. uh, For comedy or music? I suppose it is a
1: comedy. Well, what? How would you describe this? Horror. This is definitely horror. But there's no. So for the Golden Globes, you either get drama. I know, I know. Comedy slash music. Yeah, I remember
0: when Get Out was nominated for best comedy. Um, Really, seems a bit problematic now. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's uh, yeah. Either way, they should be nominated for something, because yes, yeah. Yeah, she she is fantastic. Spoiler alert, I prefer it to X, but it's very close. It's very close. yeah. Uh, and I cannot wait for Maxine Uh, next year. Yes. I think it's when it's being released. Is that going to be a horror film? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Because
1: they could easily get away with it not being a horror film. Yeah, really. With that character. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was your number eight, wasn't it? That was my yeah.
1: number eight.
0: Coming in at number seven for me, it's Werewolf by Night. Ooh, your, is is your number seven Werewolf by Night? No. no. Um. So we didn't know whether to include this because it's only fifty minutes long. Yeah. Um. It's classed as a TV special on IMDb, but you know it's near enough the length of a film, and I I want it, it for me. Obviously, I'm a a Marvel fan and I've enjoyed, you know, everything that's been put out within Phase 4. For me, this was better than a lot of the feature-length films in Phase 4. This was so new and so fresh for the MCU. And, you know, a lot of times people try and cling on to that and say, oh, yeah, this is like nothing you've seen before. This is like nothing you've seen before. In some cases, it's true. In some cases, it's not. This is very much the case. Some people said it about Doctor Strange, Uh, In the Multiverse of Madness. I disagree. I mean yeah. The horror elements were nice. To see. It was very much a Sam Raimi film. But. A lot of it. was, And I enjoyed it. But a lot of it was. Very formulaic. This. Was just completely different. It's a bunch of people. On a hunting night. And they. uh, Are in the same room. As Man-Thing. And a fucking werewolf. And. As someone who's read the Werewolf by Night's comics. This nails it. Like, it is such a good
1: adaptation. I, controversially, have been known to say that the MCU films and, and the, the comic book films in general kind of feel like a, a rinse and repeat. And they can feel a little same to me. This felt so different. Mm. This felt completely out of nowhere and i'd never seen that i've never read the comics so i wasn't really aware of what werewolf by night was but i thought it was so refreshing yeah to see something different the reference points were the films that we love Mm -hmm. the universal horror i for harriet samson harris who I fucking love. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, she was. She You might know her from Adam's Family Values, Monster-in-Law, Desperate Housewives. That's what I remember her from. I thought she was really, really mm-hmm. great. One of those underrated character actresses. And um, yeah, I just thought the whole package, it was a swift 50 minutes. Yeah, Didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. You know, not every... And I think also, and I don't have MCU fatigue, but I think sometimes the MCU films feel the need to go to plus hours. Whereas this was just really refreshing. Yeah, it's something you can watch every year for Halloween. Yeah, pure Halloween. Yeah, Um, black and white. Black and white. Uh, I just really, really enjoyed it. Really, it was just fun. I mean, sometimes you just want fun. Yeah, like I said at the beginning you know 2022 been a little bit of a shitter in many areas you just want a bit of fun yeah yeah sometimes, sometimes. not all the time You just want a bit of fun yeah this it was just a really fun film and one thing i really appreciated was the fact it did
0: not rely on heavily on cgi no like and i was shocked because i thought man thing was cgi and then it came out after that it was actually mostly practical effects Ooh. Um, and that is impressive, you know. And werewolf practical effects, not CGI werewolf, thankfully.
1: I um, suppose black and white helps with that. Yeah, as well.
0: and it was surprisingly gory. Like I, I don't know if it's because we're not used to seeing gore in the MCU, but like, there no, sometimes mm. I was like, oh my god, I really was not expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, really good. And it doesn't take too much of your time either. No, it's so, just, you you know. nice
1: quick watch under an hour yeah. fantastic it's it's
0: actually quite uh, promising that horror is being introduced into the MCU especially means we have blade coming up so it yes. feels like a good precursor yeah so that.
1: blade can actually be a horror film yeah yeah like the others were horror films yeah i, I suppose the, ner- the the nervousness for blade is that they make it too actiony yeah yeah and not in keeping with the horror roots so what's next up for you what know. number is it? I can't
0: remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, Werewolf by Night was my number seven. Have you said your number seven? Did I
1: call like Werewolf at Night? Did you? Oh, I may have. It's called Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. <laughs> What's your number seven? My number seven is... Scream!
0: Ooh. My number six is Scream, so... Okay. Very close to go. My
1: number six is Werewolf at Night. Oh, there we go. So, we go. swapsies. Um, yeah, <laughs> I had expectations for screen. Obviously. um to we re- we had really enjoyed ready or not hadn't we yes and so we had high expectations the, the original cast were back mm-hmm. thank god because i wouldn't have given two shits if if we didn't have courtney cox nev campbell and um mm-hmm. former wcw champion <laughs> david Arquette. In the cast, I would be like, I don't really care. Mm. And I, in all honesty, um, I, I wouldn't have given two shits. But what we got was a really fun slasher film, really kept with what Scream the original quadrilogy was. Yeah. The Wes Craven quadrilogy. It, it wasn't massively far removed from it, but still felt fresh. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. It was a fun time. It had nostalgia. Because, you know, Scream... I'm a millennial. You know, Scream was the first big horror film that everyone talked about. That that was the one. Yeah. You know, that's... It, not really gateway horror, because it's a very bloody film. But that was... Before I watched any of the other classic films, I watched Scream. Mm-hmm. So it was so nice to see that on the big screen you know i hadn't seen scream 4 in a cinema no so it was so great to go to the cinema and see a scream film yeah you know maybe nostalgia's talking but i really dug it i yeah. thought it was fantastic it's, it,
0: easily the best scream sequel for me and it's came at the perfect time too, with all the
1: recalls what i don't know i love scream 2 but that again that's nostalgia isn't that's it Nostalgia.
0: But yeah, it, this came at the perfect time with all the recalls and everything because, you know, Scream always has something new to say whenever it comes about and this came about at the perfect time. Um, you know, there's very much a lot of this is, you know, throwing little digs at Halloween 2018 and such, which is great because obviously, you know, the first Scream, its main reference point was Halloween. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it works brilliantly. And, oh my God, Jenna Ortega, seriously, just... She's owned this year. Twenty twenty two is general. It's Taker's been her year, year hasn't it? Uh, from that opening scene onwards, she fucking at the out of the new cast. She really steals the show. Her and Jasmine Savoy Brown, two my two favorite new cast members. It's such a great new cast. Yeah, like, everyone it is so good. Uh, but yeah, General Taker just she's everything. She's again someone who's so different in every role she plays. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And the original cast members, everyone did such a good job. Um, Courtney Cox serving as per, Nev Campbell, amazing. David Arquette was great. You know, it's just so good. It's it's what the uh, the franchise needed. And we even get Marlene Shelton back as Deputy Judy as well.
1: Yes, and a reference to Eleven Squares. We of all course, love, of we course. All love Eleven Squares.
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's the most easily the most brutal, Scream film. Yes. Like, yeah. it is so violent. And sometimes films can rely on that more than a good plot, but this has everything going for it. So it, it
1: really is fantastic. Well, the Scream films have always been quite violent. Yeah, you? this was, like, yeah.
0: really, really violent. Apart though. from when they blew up the house and Scream through. Well, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, is, it is a fantastic sequel. And my number six.
1: Yes, so we're on to number five. Top five. Top five, my number five is hypochondriac nice nice where well, it should
0: be but oh don't you make me feel sad that's not mine no should be ashamed my number five might be your number Oh, oh it's got to be somewhere within your top four if, if not it'd be very sharp
1: x x of course is it your no number four number four there x. we go um yeah x
0: is basically as we've already said you know the duo of X and Pearl is fantastic and X is just really blew me away when I watched it because it is a throwback to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Zombie Fleshy is Eaten Alive, Motile Hell, Deranged, that sort of era of seventies horror. And again the aesthetics are perfect, the
1: cast is perfect, and it is just a fucking good time it is I- again you know I-, I know i keep saying it but it was just a fun film to watch also
0: another a24 film in our list so yeah. a24 of killing this year yeah
1: um
0: but yeah i mean but also a meaningful film which is mm. it's strange to say about a-, a porn crew uh going to a bar and they're all murdered but yeah something to say about aging
1: yeah, no, absolutely. You know, yeah. there's
0: some really meaningful moments here, and a lot something that a lot of people um, haven't really understood. Like I, I say this not like the the people who I don't know who've enjoyed it, but you know, the people on like the Facebook groups that you see pop up, they don't really watch a lot of films, and they're like, uh, oh, I had to watch old people fucking, oh, old people this, old people that. Okay, fucking grow up. Um, Mia Goth. Again, she's fantastic as Maxine, but she plays Pearl again here, but older Pearl and the prosthetics and so, and so on. I didn't realise it was Mia Gough until after we watched the film. Really? Yeah. She, again, absolutely knockout, stunning, stellar performances here in both roles. So fucking good. And the rest of the cast as well, fucking Kid Cootie, General Ortega, Martin Henderson, Owen Campbell... All of them are so good. There's one character, though, who shows up to play Blanche Devereaux from The Golden Girls if she was a porn actress. If The Golden Girls was allowed swearing and an actual sex, this is what Blanche would look like. It is. It is, of course, Brittany Snow as Bobby Lynn.
1: Yeah, Brittany... Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow. uh, Playing against type. I've only really seen her in actually oh, i've only seen her in hairspray what, what else has britney snow been in uh prom night remake oh, <laughs> <God>. oh no <laughs> uh yeah i thought she was utterly fantastic um she i suppose really had the comedy part yeah uh, a lot of her scenes were very funny and she did it so well uh, really, really appreciated her character and her performance, and her performance of "Landslide" by Fleetwood Mac. Oh my God, <laughs> is that a spoiler? No, no, it's We're... just a performance song. Halfway into the film, we get a scene <laughs> of <laughs> Britney Snow singing "Landslide" to all the porn actors. <laughs> you know that's high camp, it and is. I really appreciated that. It was again just a, a fun time, just a fun film to just have a good time with it it's yes it's saying something if, if you want it to say something but if you just want a popcorn flick you know a date night movie mm-hmm. when you're looking to get lucky afterwards put on x it's so good yeah, it's i very, really just enjoyed it
0: very sex positive as well you know it's yeah just, it, it really is just everything it needs to be high you know high gore There's a lot of gore in this and it doesn't actually turn into a horror film until, you know, maybe even more than halfway through the film, um, which you have to be a good film to nail that. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just fantastic. And if you haven't seen it yet, what are you waiting for?
1: Just really likable characters as well. I think that's very very important, yeah, in horror. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait to see more of,
0: uh, Mia Goth's Maxine character
1: yes oh my god yeah so is that a spoiler in itself no because the film's being made it's been advertised so,
0: <laughs> so did you say your number five is hypochondriac weren't it? yeah yeah four number four is new religion oh is that higher for you yes um how how much higher is it it's my number two is it oh, okay that's why we can talk about them Um, so new religion, you you know, we've said a lot on this podcast episode, take a shot every time you hear it, rewind back, take a shot every time, out of nowhere, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) completely out of nowhere. Completely. I mean, director of this film, right? He's, um, (coughs) you're okay now? You're dying. I'm all right. I'm all right. We we all really appreciate you pulling through for the episode. (laughs) Director of this film, Kaishi Kondo, this guy just wanted to make a film.
1: Yeah.
0: First film. Yeah. You know, completely out of nowhere. Submitted it to fright first. He's submitted a fucking masterpiece.
1: I am I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying yeah. that right. This is no. a fucking masterpiece. It's yeah. Beautiful, traumatic, enthralling, weird, absurd, emotional. It's so much mm. In one film. And it works so well. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. Me and Gary, we love Asian cinema. Yeah. Love Asian cinema. And uh, not many Asian horror films we've managed to see this year, unfortunately. No. No. It is unfortunate. But we didn't read. Really, there wasn't much on what the film was about. No. There wasn't... This was the, the world premiere at Fright Fest. And... We weren't able to get tickets, were we? No, we had to pay extra. So we were like... Yeah, okay, with the it's Fest a Gammar, pass... Yeah. yeah, with the it's Fest it's pass, a, you get a certain amount of seats
0: allocated to your yeah. festival pass. If you don't get those seats for free, with the festival pass, you have to pay more to go. And we paid extra fees.
1: And we did, because we were like, okay, we, we really love Asian cinema. We really want to support Asian cinema. You know, and we want to see more of these kind of films at festivals and you know and i think it's telling because we we haven't got any other asian films on That's our list like you know str- struggling to to find them at being released um but we didn't have high expectations we were like, oh, it's the first film we don't really know much about it and i was enthralled yeah the guy next to me in the cinema wasn't so much, but I was. I was completely encapsulated. He he fell asleep by the way. There was a few people
0: snoring it's a very quiet film. It's kinda of like yes. ASMR. Yes. Um it's a the sound design
1: is very delicate. Um But it makes it so it, it's hypnotic. Yeah. Almost it is. it is. And there are those horror elements there, obviously, but it it's a film that kind of you feel. Yeah. and to be able to pull that off in your first film is astonishing. Very, very talented director there.
0: The, the point that, I mean the, the fact that he he pulled it off within his first film and the fact that excuse me shut up. The fact that didn't see that scene. <laughs> the fact that he's made something that's not like anything else and the fact the only the closest comparison I can make is to Twin Peaks. Uh, The return—that's an achievement. Yeah, because I can't compare it to anything else. That's the closest, and even that's stretching it a bit. Like this is like nothing else I've seen. No,
1: no, it's surreal, um, but also sort of enthralling. I keep saying that word, but that's the word I'm going to use. Yes.
0: So coming in at number three for me is Nope. Nope. Yeah, I completely well. agree. Number yeah. three, Jordan Peele's back. He's done it again. He never misses, um, and he's absolutely one of the best horror directors working today. We never, we rarely get UFO horror films these days. Um, clearly, if if the same is going by, we need more of them
1: because this is like Jaws but with a UFO. Yeah, it is. It, it it's a a strange film it's hard to describe in terms of is it a comedy no no not really is it pure horror no not really is it sci-fi yeah kind of it, it kind of encapsulates many different genres mm-hmm. it wears many different hats which doesn't always work but i think in this it w- george and peel is able to do that and do it really well yeah um i i just i love the characters more than anything else i yeah. love the characters and i love the performances and that's what really drew me into the film and drew me into mm-hmm. the, the plot it's a bit weird at times in it
0: oh yeah the opening scene um and and when it co- when it comes back to the opening scene later on in the film, it's, it's probably one of the most disturbing things in any film this year. Mm. Um, it really is jarring and out of nowhere. Like, uh, one of the UFO scenes as well made me really uncomfortable, really claustrophobic. And, uh, yeah, Jordan Peele knows how to blend horror and comedy and drama perfectly. And, and now, clearly sci-fi as well. You know, he, he's so good at mashing up genres, and this is no exception. And, of course, Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer are Um, both fantastic here. I
1: loved Kiki Palmer in this film. Loved it. And I just loved her performance. Yeah. Um, And I just... Jordan Peele is one of those filmmakers, and we're getting more of them now. One of those filmmakers that you know has a real love for cinema. Yeah. And a real love for films. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I I think Quentin Tarantino is sort of the embodiment of this, for, for right or wrong. he You can tell that they love films and they take from films that they love and they piece it together and create something fresh out of it. It doesn't always yeah. work, but they create something fresh out of it. That doesn't feel too familiar. It's the product of their own sort of work. But isn't scared. I feel like... I sound like that Lady Gaga meme. (laughs) Not afraid to reference or not reference. (laughs) Or whatever. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's someone who really enjoys film. And so as two people who sit here who really enjoy films... I love it. Yeah. I love that kind of filmmaking. where Uh Where they're not afraid to sit down in an interview and say... Yeah, I was influenced by yeah. the films I loved as a child. That's what I wanted to recreate, and but it's, make it my own.
0: Yeah, and it's layered too. Yeah, as well. You know, there's so many things that could be taken away from this film, um, and you know, and kind of subtle as well with its messages. In this one, I feel like there's multiple things you could take from it. I mean, you know, get out the messages stood through for the better. You know, they 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 always stood out. You knew what it was about. You knew what the messages were. The same goes for us, really, as well. But just, I feel like there's so many different things you could take away from it, and and you know, any film where you can translate it in different ways, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I love a film that's open for um, discussion.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. The special effects were fantastic as well. The cinematography was fantastic, Um, and it has the best use of Corey Hart's "Sunglasses at Night" you'll ever hear, apart from the wendy williams movie. the wendy williams wow yeah <laughs> um but yeah really really fantastic and i assume you know if you listen to this you've seen it but if not you
1: it's a must watch yeah 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 really fantastic i, I love Jordan and peele's work oh coming into the top two. Oh, and number two it's new religion for you isn't it new religion for me and for gary wait
0: has x not made it into your top 20
1: we've discussed x number four yeah
0: Oh, it was your number four? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Wow, okay? this has been a long episode. Are you alright? Number
0: two for me is Pearl. Oh. So we only have one more left. But before we get to that, oh. it's time for our Honourable Mentions. I feel like Watch Mojo. It's a quick. Don't say that. People think we're ripping them off. Ah! Oh, yeah, because Watch Mojo were the first people to do a counter. <laughs> quick fire round oh. of Honourable Mentions. Horror for me, Orphan First Kill. Terrifier 2. A Wounded Fawn, Something in the Dirt. Deadstream. Follow Her. Smile. The Harbinger. Final Cut. Don't judge me. Halloween ends. <sighs> VHS 99. Speak No Evil. And Christmas. Bloody Christmas. Yes. I completely agree. Have you got any different? No. 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 Honorable Mentions. Non-horror. This is basically the rest of my top 20 of the year. Um, but... You know, this is an episode dedicated to the 20 best horror films of the year. Yeah, here are some of the best films of the year across all genres for me. Bros. Uh, refreshing to finally see a gay comedy mainstream. That is, gets it right. Glass Onion. This could have been my biggest gasp of the year, actually. It's kind of my biggest um, oh, my oh Christmas card. It could have been that. Because Knives Out wasn't the biggest fan. Glass Onion completely did everything so much better uh, and really just yeah fixed everything that i had an issue with in the first film the batman one of the best superhero films of the year wheel of fortune and fantasy more deep drama engaging deep drama from threats to drive my car fire of love a knockout documentary that made volcanoes interesting flea Okay, this has always been interesting. <laughs> interesting. Clearly, one of the best documentaries of the year. Again, fantastic gay story and representation. I Know How, one of the best animated films of the year. Benedetta, Paul Verhoeven back doing what he's doing best. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the best Marvel release of the year for me, easily. Licorice Pizza, a really great homage to Almost Famous and Dazed and Confused. Look yeah. <laughs> Decision to leave. Uh, more Park Chan Wook doing what he does best. Moonage Daydream, the best documentary of the year for me. Absolutely mind blowing. Banshees of Inashiran fantastic. Uh, from Martin McDonough, again back doing what he does I love best.
1: all his films. Yeah,
0: the worst person in the world. Feminist cinema, I believe made by a man. Yes, am I right? yeah yeah that's honestly shocking fantastic Triangle of Sadness it's just phenomenal in every way Aftersun I'll give you a bit more about Afterson. I have not stopped thinking about this film since we watched it and it genuinely if the if my number one film in a year wasn't here this would have been number one because this is oh I love it so much I, I really can't put into enough words how fucking good this
1: film is it's yeah it's it's a film that sticks with you And it's... You have to be in the right frame of mind, I feel. Yeah. Because it it, it is a sad film. It is. But also, strangely, life-affirming. Yeah. It's very, very well made. Very well made. And my number one film in the year.
0: It also happens to be my new number one favourite film of all time. It is the phenomenal, flawless, groundbreaking, every... Every compliment that The Sun deserves to go to this film. It's everything, everywhere, all at once.
1: Yeah. What a triumph yeah. this film is. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Just, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to really put down what makes it so great. Hilariously funny. Mm-hmm. Heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Touching. Sad. Life-affirming. Yeah. You know, fan... Fucking-tastic performances. I mean, if this isn't winning big at the Oscars, mm. oh... Well, who really cares about the Oscars at the end of the day? But it would be nice well, to see it. I mean, it's
0: absolutely killed every other fucking award ceremony, yeah. so... Yeah,
1: yeah. It's nice to see Michelle Yeoh getting all the attention she deserves. She deserves every award, really, because what a fantastic career. Yeah. And what a fantastic performance.
0: Yeah. I feel like it is a result of her career. I think it's all been built into this. I feel like this is her big moment. Uh, and Kihu Kwan as well, from the fucking Goonies,
1: you know, just back and absolutely smashing it. Yeah. Hasn't acted in very, years. It's a very strange casting choice. I'm not going to lie. Very strange. Like he has not acted so well. in years. And they asked him to be in the
0: film. He said yes. And oh my god, now he's being cast in so much other stuff. And he is the most adorable character in any fucking film ever. And he made me cry twice in one film. So yeah. Oh yeah. Just if you haven't seen it, it was released onto Amazon Prime without any sort of notice whatsoever, which is fucking bullshit. Um, yeah. Watch it. Yes yes do you have any honorable mentions of non-horror anything to say about the ones I've mentioned
1: um I yeah loved every film that you mentioned a uh, particular favourite being uh um uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Mm-hmm. loved that film really really enjoyed that film loved Decision to Leave yeah as well I thought that was absolutely fantastic um yeah I would only add to that um Sick of Myself Yeah. Yeah, which is a hilarious comedy. Absolutely. And uh, Parallel Mothers, which yes. I really, really yeah. enjoyed this year. Uh, Almodovar is a genius as far I, as I'm concerned. Yeah. he The camp, the melodrama, it's everything. I live for mm-hmm. it. I, I really do. I live. It's,
0: it's very talent of this year in films that those didn't make it into my top 20 because, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Of course. No, it deserves a mention. I fucking love that film. It really does deserve a mention. Talk about life affirming. I really enjoyed that film. It just, yeah, wonderful. It's one that I will watch time and time again. I fucking love that film. Um, Yeah, and then a little mention for Do Revenge. Do Revenge was great. Caught me off guard. Um, Very much a throwback to the teen movies that I loved. When I was younger. It's been a damn good year for films. Really. Yeah, it has. Damn good year. So that brings us to the moment you've all been waiting for. This is it. Our number one horror film of both. 2022. I believe we've both got the same we one. We both have the same one.
0: This is Michelle Garza Cerveras, who Sarah.
1: Yeah. Just Fantastic. Really just, it's everything I want from horror now. This could have easily been
0: generic. Let's face it, you know, a woman who's pregnant and she feels something's off. We could have had a baby bursting out of her stomach. We could have had CGI ghosts and, you know, stuff we've seen time time and time and time and time and time again. But no, this is one of the most refreshing horror films
1: I've seen in years. Yeah, we, we could have gotten a, a Rosemary's Baby rip-off, yeah. really. And it was nothing of the sort. It was very much told from the woman's perspective. Yeah. It wasn't afraid to be a horror film. Yeah. It was, you know, there was queer representation. Yeah. Um, there was punk representation. Yeah. I, I love, you know, it, it's had everything going for it. It had heart. It really got to you the scares were scary it wasn't just generic no. jump scares it, it none of it felt generic no. it came from a, a a real true perspective from a woman's perspective and it told the story of a a, a woman a pregnant woman remembering it was a horror film yeah. but also layered and yeah. you know and being able to um, sort of take what you wanted from the yeah. film, and I just I really appreciated that. Yeah. it was just it was everything and I think I think what really topped it off for me was the sea of white straight man films, yeah that we've watched at horror festivals over the years. and this year's been a good one mm-hmm. for for representation but also not so great as well it's been yeah. it's been a strange one and again this is where gasp has come from mm-hmm. the idea that these films should exist and women should be making these films and they should be available for everybody mm-hmm. to watch yeah and i think that's maybe what's made it our number one film not yeah. nec- it, it obviously what was on screen was fantastic five stars but also what it represents for what we want from horror films. Mm -hmm. I think that's also why it's both our number one film, horror films for the year. Absolutely. There's a really interesting
0: underlying theme of society's pressures of living in a heteronormative lifestyle. Yes. And how unhappy it can make a person when they just want to live life the way they want it without children and, you know, with their own choices. Um, you know without that voice in there at all times telling him this is how you should be living your life and that is dealt with
1: perfectly here like, yeah you couldn't have been any better yeah and we've we've said it time and time again horror is a perfect genre mm. to be able to talk about any issue yeah it's a perfect yeah. you know more so than you know you wouldn't have a thriller that dealt with this necessarily. No. You certainly wouldn't have a comedy, um, particularly in 2022. Horror is a perfect genre yeah. to deal with a lot of these sort of themes of society yeah. and, you know, women's bodies and. I think it's... Yeah.
0: No, it's just really, really, really well done. And Myra Batala delivers such a fantastic performance. This is her film, and she fucking never lets us forget that. Yeah. She she is fantastic. Um, a lot of emotionally heavy scenes here, and she just absolutely nails all of them. She's just... Yeah. Really easy to become invested in. Um, it's actually now been picked up and is being released next year. Uh, well, this year, should I say. 2023. Uh, with the new title Hussira the Bone Woman not a big fan of that I feel like that the Bone Woman's been added on to get people interested but it'll always be
1: just Hussira to me the Bone Woman I suppose Hussira to a western audience doesn't make explaining what it means too much yeah too too much sense but yes
0: the the best horror film of 2022 for us Hussira hopefully it'll be everyone's favourite horror film of 2023 fully recommend that brings us to the awards round two, so these are our usual awards uh, section awards <laughs> from uh, from our usual episodes, and it only applies to the films within our top twenty. Yes. So, biggest queen of the year for me, it's Britney Snow in X <laughs> as Bobby Lynn
1: i agree but i thought i'd go a little different as and i know uh katie seagal as harper yeah. dutch no that would have been hearts. my second
0: my second option
1: biggest gasp of the two year two country queens two
0: country queens yeah
1: who's who sing yeah Stuart duet
0: biggest gasp of the year it's not really a spoiler it's been out now the whole year it was a spoiler at the time hence why it's my biggest gasp but if if you haven't seen screen 2022 just forward on like five minutes it's the Billy Loomis force ghost in Scream. It's
2: true. It's true.
0: I haven't... Get, there's been a lot of shocking things, you know, the twist in bodies, 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 some of the kills and X. Um, there's a few things that made me gasp this year. I don't any of them made me gasp any harder than seeing Billy
1: Loomis appear in Scream. I completely agree. The, the whole thing... But it was, worked! Like I mean, He's in the film. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get some sort of flashback of some sort. I didn't realise it was <laughs> ghost. <laughs>
0: it works. It's so camp. It, it camp. really works. That no, is
1: camp. Billy Loomis Force Ghost is camp. Is
0: that your <laughs> absolutely? Yeah. Best dialogue of the year for me. It's Linda in the menu. Her only line of dialogue. He's a handsome boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My Just out was... of nowhere. <laughs> mine is uh, Wayne in X. We're going to be rich. Feel how hard my cock is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I finally that's camp. I, this could have this been a camp year. This could have gone to many things, but because of how how viral it's gone and everyone knows it now and the fact that we know it's blatantly taken from Grey Gardens. <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> camp moment in horror cinema 2022 for me is Pearl's iconic Audition. I
1: completely agree.
0: I'm a star. Um, it's complete.
1: It's camp. It's campy. The it's...
0: dance is perfection. She should have got a yes from the judges. She should have been taken off.
1: Ridiculous. It's played to perfection. Her meltdown by after Mia Goth. the the meltdown after the fact that this was the catalyst. <laughs> her thirteenth <13th> reason. <laughs> this is her Joker origin this story. Is her Joker origin story. <laughs> All those memes. <laughs> Just yeah, excellent. High campery and it's fine. Could have happened
0: with a number of X Factor auditionees.
1: It could have. You know It could've reminded me of Zoe Alexander. <laughs> That's pink. That's pink. Uh and yeah. That, ladies
0: and gentlemen and nays ladies days and ge- Ladies, Days and Gays, let's be realistic with our audience. Um <laughs> That's our twenty best horror movies of twenty twenty two.
1: That was
0: let us know your favourites on social media. We're Trash Over on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Trash on Twitter. I'm DedacGaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo 205 on Instagram, GazCruise92 on Twitter.
1: I'm Chris Barker 823 on Letterboxd and <gasps> Instagram. <laughs> oh, sorry. <stop. laughs> I won't be deathbed. No, I do no, no. uh,
0: And, you know, we've mentioned it a few times throughout the episode, but again, you know, if you are looking to come along to GASP next year, tickets are going on sale very soon in February. We are GASP Horror Festival on all social media. Go check us out. Yes. some very exciting submissions and we cannot wait to reveal
1: this lineup some of them may be in that well, okay years. okay
0: oh i thought you're gonna they give sh- some away now. no sh- <laughs> in turn i've gave some of it away great <laughs> um edit that out <laughs> well you know gotta keep people on the toes probably.
1: some of them may be on the 2023 list
0: yes you never know you know we're trying to say professional but you never know <laughs> um yeah we'll you'll be back oh yeah give us a rate of and subscribe on itunes how can i forget you know Show us some love for all the the many episodes we've brought you in twenty twenty two. Give us a rate review, subscribe on iTunes, like and follow, on everything else. This fr- tomorrow, if you're listening on Friday, tomorrow. Saturday, uh, on New Year's Eve itself, we'll be bringing you our Terror Train original versus remake episode. <laughs> yes. Perfect time, man.
1: Slight delay, but perfect time, For any David Copperfield fans out there, this is the one you've been looking forward yeah. to. And on Tuesday,
0: we will be back with our first ever Japanuary episode. A theme will be running for the whole of January, discussing nothing but Japanese films. With a small exception, we do have a Friday the 13th. It's coming back.
1: It's Ooh, been a while. gracious. It's coming back. What's, what's that one? Six? Part six. Ooh.
0: But on Tuesday, we'll be discussing one of the greatest films ever made, kicking off the year in style with
1: House. House, yes. House 2. So looking forward to that. One of my favourite films of yes. all time.
0: So we'll be back, same time, same place,
1: tomorrow. <laughs> See you later. Bye.